I love the presence of God. Um, it's amazing how he can touch each heart the way that you need it. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? He just loves you so much. <laughs> I feel his love in this house. <laughs> okay, well... I'm very excited to be able to um, bring a word this morning. We've been in a series called Jesus Encounter. How many of you have been enjoying this series? Just all focus on Jesus, his lordship. And I mean, the Bible says, I think there would be too many books to be written. <laughs> if you had to write down everything about Jesus, you couldn't ever do it. Can't contain him. So um, this morning, like Pastor Kurt said, I'm going to go after Jesus, our peace. How many of you need some peace today? <laughs> we need peace in our lives. This world is crazy beans. It's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And um, we need peace today. We need peace today. We've got inflation and gas prices going up and election cycles coming up. We've got Ukraine and Russia and all that nonsense. I mean, there is a lot going on right now. And um, I love to just speak this over you as a people. God trusts you with this hour, with this moment in history. You were born on purpose with a dream from God to wrap you in skin and put a spirit in you and make you alive in this hour to bring his kingdom and his peace to a broken and crazy anxious world, a stressed out world. So... In order to affect the world around us, we got to get this on the inside of us and recognize what he wants to do with us. Amen? Amen. We all have, like, the world's stresses, but we also have our personal stresses, guys. We worry about jobs. We worry about money. We worry about our marriage. We worry about our kids. We're stressed. We're anxious. I heard that grown kids is, like, a whole other thing <laughs> that I have to look forward to. <laughs> that you have to just release to the Lord. Um, anxiety is a thing. And our mortal bodies were not built to be in stress all the time. It'll affect your mortal human body if we don't get a hold of the, the peace that comes from Jesus. They say there are reports that 90% of illness comes from a stressed out lifestyle, an anxious lifestyle. You guys know it. How many of you have ever had stress-related health issues? I have. <laughs> had an ulcer in my 20s. Thankfully, the Lord healed me of that. You know, I get eye twitches. I get tense shoulders. People get heart issues. This is not what God built our human bodies to be in this anxious and stressed-out state. Right? That is why we need Jesus, the Prince of Peace, for Jesus to be our peace, and we need to learn what that looks like and how to walk in it. Because how many of you guys know, it is our birthright to walk in peace, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The DNA from heaven that is in Jesus is peace. And I don't know about you, but when I gave my life to Jesus, he commingled his spirit with mine. He gave me his identity through his blood, which looks like peace from the inside of me, because he's the Prince of Peace. In Isaiah, 800 years before Jesus' birth, this was the prophecy about him. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. 
For, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, let's read this together, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Amen. Let's go home. We're dismissed. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, though, um, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, he's not going to use fear and anxiety and worry to drive you, to teach you things, to push you. He doesn't use those tools. He uses peace. So if you're thinking God is making you feel stressed out, that's probably not coming from him. Jesus is a peace. He knows the end of the story. Before he went to the cross, he did something incredible. He knew he was going to the cross to bear the weight of sin for all mankind. Every human being, every sin ever to be committed that was and will be committed. He was going to face taking that justice and that judgment on himself on the cross to brutally die and to be pushed with all the weight of sin. And this is what he told his his disciples, as he was facing this craziness. John 14, 27, he says, Peace, I leave with you. My peace, whose peace? Jesus' peace, he gives to you. I did not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus' peace can face the cross. Jesus' peace can lean into some real hard times. And it can be an enduring, abiding peace. So I want to just unpack this for you a little bit. Because Jesus is saying there's, there's a couple kinds of peace here. There's my peace, Jesus' peace, and then there's the peace that the world gives. So how do we know which one is which, right? Well, we need to know the difference. Peace that comes from Jesus is an abiding peace. It's an internal peace. It's trans-circumstantial so it comes from the inside out. And this piece should be our normal. This is the operating system that human beings should be wired with. When you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, your go-to should be peace from Jesus, the kind he gives you. Um, in the Hebrew, uh, they have the word shalom. Do you guys know what that word means? It means peace. Shalom, peace. Shalom is a peace that comes from heaven. But the, the word shalom in English means peace, but to the Hebrews and the people who use this in Israel, they say it as a greeting, hello and goodbye, shalom. And the, what this actually means is very powerful. You're literally saying, may you be full of well-being and may health, wholeness, and prosperity be upon you. So when we're talking about the peace of God from heaven, we're not talking about a lack of trials or an emptiness of hard things. We're talking about a fullness and a wholeness of Jesus. See the difference? You're not at peace when things are just not hard. You're at peace when you're filled with a wholeness and the well-being in the life of Jesus. That's peace. It's full, not empty. So this is, this is um, the world's peace. This is peace as the world gives. And I'm going to tell you guys, we do escape to things that are worldly peace bringers, and there's nothing wrong with it necessarily, but at the end of the day, 
that problem is going to come back up. That anxiety is going to come back up. You can numb it temporarily, but it'll come back up. We can do pills. We can do substances. We can have entertainment, watch our favorite show. I've done this many times. <laughs> watch your show, laugh, turn it off, and then you're like, oh, it's still there. It's still there. It felt good for a few minutes. We can go on vacation. We can get better jobs, get more money. Fill in the blank. The world has a way to bring peace to you, but it is temporary. Yeah? not lasting. We need lasting peace. One thing that I really want to communicate to you about peace is what it can do for you and what it should do for you as you're walking through this world. Did you know that you have an internal navigation system to help you make good choices in your life? And it's called peace. Peace is your in, internal navigation system from heaven that will help you make the right choices. Colossians 3.15, this is when you guys, I don't know what to do, God, I don't know what to do. Well, this is what you do. You let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Now, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The word rule there is the same thing that we have for an umpire. It means let peace Call the shots in your life. Let the peace of Christ call the shots in your heart. You guys know you've been in situations where on paper everything looks really good. You have this opportunity. It's amazing, but something doesn't sit right in your gut, in your spirit. Well, that's that beautiful navigation system of peace. I don't have peace. I don't care how good it looks. Peace is saying no. How many of you have been there? Or things look crazy. This looks like a big risk. It looks like I could lose everything or something bad could happen. I don't know. The timing doesn't seem right. But I have peace, so I'm going to do it. I have a weird peace that's like, this doesn't make sense. I should do it. <laughs> How many of you guys know peace is tangible? You have a spirit of God inside of you. It's you feel it. Something doesn't sit right. That's peace, trying to be your navigation system. Kurt and I, early in our marriage, we, um, we didn't have kids, and we were both working full-time jobs, and I worked in property management, managing apartment communities, and I had an opportunity uh, to take a promotion to move into uh, managing a property down in Westminster, and Kurt was working in Windsor, um, and he didn't necessarily, we had to move there to live on the property. He didn't necessarily feel good about it or excited about it, but he did it because he was like, I want to honor my wife and let you have a shot, take this promotion. Um, but he never was very excited about it. And when we moved there, we had free rent. We had our utilities paid. I had an awesome salary. Gert had an awesome salary. And we didn't have children, so it was just fun. We just like take our friends out to dinner, you know, because we could. <laughs> anyway, so it turns out that living there, the previous manager before I lit, that, that I came into this place, 
she was trying to get the occupancy rate up, get the apartments filled. So she started just letting people move in that weren't necessarily qualified to move in there. They didn't have good rental history. They didn't have enough income. They didn't have good credit. And so sure enough, she gets out of there. I come in and I have to start evicting people. Not fun. Not fun. Pretty soon in the middle of the night, I'm having to knock on doors to break up parties. You know, Kurt almost got into a fight with somebody because because I had to go be this bad guy. Listen, God was trying to give Kurt a warning. This probably wasn't the best fit for the Chamberlains. Maybe for someone else, but it didn't bring fruit to our lives. It was actually a pretty weird season. So what happened was, um, after about six months, we were both like, this is not, this isn't peace. This isn't right. We're not supposed to be here. So um, we, we got an opportunity to move up to Greeley into this little apartment it was totally cheap and we just decided to take the leap where I would stop working we didn't have kids yet but we wanted to have kids so we wanted to get used to living off of one salary it's a good thing to do if you don't plan on going back to work it's a big lifestyle change so we move into this place and before we get in there and it's just empty um, Kurt went in there and he's so good about just being thankful to God he just felt called to Greeley and felt called to be there. And he prayed in this little apartment before we moved in. I wasn't even there. But he said he just was sat on the floor in this empty place and just felt like the Lord's peace in there. He felt, he felt like the Lord was like, this is a Shiloh to you. And Shiloh means a place of peace. And it was awesome because it was like, it's, it's about peace. It's not about having more money, more stuff. It's about contentment and just being where God wants you to be. So I've learned... This man has a navigation system of feeling peace or not, and I trust it. I'm so glad that happened early in our marriage because it's like, if Kurt's not feeling it, I'm not feeling it, we're not doing it. I don't care how much money or how good it looks, man. I grew up always taking every single promotion, and sometimes you don't. So, (laughs) all right. So we're trying to figure out what this peace from God looks like, of course, it'll guide us. But how do you recognize what this peace looks like that comes from Jesus? There once was a king who offered a prize to the artist who would paint the best picture of peace. The contest stirred the imagination of artists everywhere. Many artists wanted a chance at winning the prize. Paintings from far and wide began to arrive. The king looked at all the pictures, uncovering one peaceful scene after another as the onlookers clapped and cheered. The tensions grew as only two pictures remained veiled. As the king pulled the cover from one, a hush fell over the crowd. It was a picture of a calm lake. The lake was a perfect mirror for peaceful, towering mountains all around it. Overhead was a beautiful blue sky with fluffy white clouds. Along the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed. All who saw this picture thought it was the perfect picture of peace. Surely this was the winner. The king uncovered the last painting, and the crowd gasped in surprise. Could this be peace? This picture had mountains like the previous painting, but these were rugged and bare. Above was an angry sky from which fell, from which rain fell in and lightning played. Down the side of the mountain tumbled a foaming waterfall. The crowd could almost feel its cold, penetrating spray. This did not look peaceful at all. But 
When the king looked closely, he saw a little bird had built a nest on a branch in a tree, a tree that reached out in one direction, in the direction of the tumultuous waterfall. Yet there, in the midst of the rush of the angry water, undisturbed by her stormy surroundings, sat the mother bird in her nest with her mouth open, singing her song. And one little light shining down on the bird as it sang in the midst of her circumstances. The king chose the last picture. That's the peace that Jesus has. It's not an absence of conflict, stress. It's being able to sing your song in the midst of whatever, whatever you face. And we see it in the word in action through the life of Jesus. Jesus, our peace. So he was in a scenario um, in Mark 4 where he was on the lake with his disciples. And all of a sudden, this crazy storm comes in. They're out on a boat. That's scary. That is terrifying. Picture the wind and the lightning and the waves and just not knowing when this thing's going to end. And they were afraid. And so they went to find Jesus because he wasn't freaking out. They were like, where's Jesus? Where did they find him? He was asleep, right? He was sleeping in the boat in the middle of that. So the disciples went over to him and they said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care, Jesus? So Jesus was like, okay. So he gets up and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So here's the question. Why could Jesus calm that storm when the disciples couldn't? I believe... The disciples, those waves were like the disciples' hearts. Their hearts were all over the place and anxious and crazy. When Jesus spoke, the calm, he was speaking from his calm heart. He could bring calm because he had it inside of him. That's the Jesus kind of peace. It's not from the outside in. It's from the inside out into your environment. Powerful stuff, friends. You cannot give away what you don't have. You can't. People who are in the hospital are not necessarily writing get well cards to people. They're sick, right? They're not caring about this world out here. They're like, I can't. I can't get better myself. We need our hearts to be at peace so we can bring calm to storms around us just like Jesus did. Yeah? Yeah, this is a good kind of peace. This is a powerful kind of peace. This is the kind of peace the world's looking for, guys. This is a witness. This is a witness to the world when we can be like, it's cool, it's all right, God's got it. I'm not freaking out, it's gonna be okay. All right, the other cool thing about peace, another thing it does for you, is it will actually protect our hearts and our minds from fear and anxiety. I know people struggle with fear and anxiety, and God wants to help you with this. He wants you to know that his peace will guard your heart. Philippians 4.7 says this, And the peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this world, word guard here, the word guard, it means it will like protect with a military, a militant protection to prevent a hostile invasion. So why does he say it like that? Fear and anxiety are a hostile, a hostile terrorist that wants to infiltrate your soul, your spirit, your mind to get you off course. And Jesus says his peace is a protection, a militant protection from this invasion, from fear and anxiety. How many of you need that peace? Oh, I don't want a hostile terrorist coming into my life. The peace that passes understanding when nothing should be creating a song in you and you're still singing. It's when tranquility and calm are inside of you when chaos is all around you. And the only way to know you have this biblical peace is when things are not okay. When all hell breaks loose and you're still standing and singing. The Bible calls this the, the peace that passes understanding. Yeah. Nobody understands why I'm still blessing him when everything's falling apart. We don't understand it, but it's guarding us from a hostile invasion of fear and anxiety. I got to see this in real life, um, this piece that passes understanding. Last year, my Aunt Kathy went to be with the Lord, um, and she was an amazing woman of God. And she died from cancer. And so... We're a church that believes in healing. We believe God still moves today, heals today, does miracles today. But she ended up passing away. And um, peace that passes understanding, she knew she was perishing. And she would say, it is well with my soul. That was like her whole thing. She had it in her house. As she, her body is dying, she would say, it is well with my soul. That's peace that passes understanding, guys. She said she had this peace. She just felt like she was on this conveyor belt just moving toward heaven and just towards Jesus. And she's just like, this body is temporary. I'm just, it's well with my soul. That's a peace that passes understanding. Yeah. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you five things to help you. How do we walk in this peace? I'm just going to give you some help here. How do I walk in this peace from Jesus? Number one is submit yourself to the lordship of Jesus. I love it when we preach the word through the worship time. The unconditional surrender. This is where it starts to get peace. You guys, you can't have little areas of your life that you're in charge of because you're not going to do it as good as Jesus can do it. You have to lay it down. He is so much smarter. <laughs> so much better ideas. <laughs> So creative. He's the creator. He'd give you a strategy. You just have to lay it down and let him and bow the knee. I can't figure it out, God. I don't know what to do. Surrender. You know you haven't submitted something to the Lord 
if you're not giving it to him in prayer. You can't strive and do it on your own. So look at the areas of your life, just like we did this morning. Um, If he highlights something to you that you're striving, you're working really hard to keep this thing going, ask him if that's even something you should be carrying and submit it to him. Surrender it. Your marriage, your kids, your job, your money, all the things. Amen? That's a good way to walk in peace right there. All right, number two. How do I walk in peace? Faith-filled prayer. Philippians 4.6. It comes before Philippians 4.7. Did you know that? So, you're going to want to write that down. Because I went to Philippians 4.7 talking about the peace of the past understanding. Well, this is how you get it. This is the verse before. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, here's the deal about faith-filled prayer. This is how you know you don't have faith-filled prayer. Because you're just complaining to God in prayer. If you're praying and you're just complaining to God, that's not full of faith. That's just a gripe session. You can do that. It's not going to get you very far. It's going to make you tired. It's going to make you sad. It's going to make you feel defeated. It's just complaining in the spirit. So here's, here's the deal. This is the deal with, with prayer. Prayer means I'm transferring a burden to God. I'm transferring my burden. I'm heavy and weighed down, but I'm going to give it to him. Because why? I'm a sheep. I'm not built for heavy burdens. I was built to just eat and get fluffy. Fluffy, fluffy. That's what I was built for. Floofy. So this is what you need to do. How do I pray? How do I know I'm doing faithful prayers? This is where you start. You wake up in the morning, write down everything that's worrying you or stressing you out. At the top of the list, you write, prayer list. Top of the paper. So you're going to talk to God about these things. And here's the key. We have to do it with thanksgiving. This is how you pray with thanksgiving. This is the difference between a gripe session and an effective prayer session where you're transferring a burden. It's with thanksgiving because why? I'm teaching my spirit to agree with God. I thank you, God, that you love me as I come to you today. I thank you, God, you hear my voice. I thank you, God, that your word says I could cast all my cares on you because you care for me. I thank you, Lord, you're a loving father. I thank you, Lord, you have good plans for my life. When you're coming to him with thanksgiving, this is what's happening on the inside of you. When you become born again, your spirit becomes united with Jesus, your spirit, and it is perfected because of the blood of Jesus. There is a part of you that is sanctified, holy, justified, forgiven of sin, and right with God. Right? The seed of God in you. Well, that seed is shrouded in your personality. <laughs> the not perfect part of you. Okay? The part that isn't fallen in nature. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. We are who we are because we've lived different lives. We've watched different things on TV. We had different parenting styles. So we have all these imperfect things 
in our soul, but there's that perfect seed in your spirit, okay? So you have that perfect seed sprouted in your personality, wrapped in this glorious body, temporary body. So when you're praying with thanksgiving, you're agreeing with God from that perfect place inside of you that says, God's word is true, and I'm thankful for it. And what you're doing is your spirit is now agreeing in your soul with your spirit so you can access that peace that is inside of you. When your soul and your mind and your will and your emotions agree with the truth of God's word, with thankfulness, he releases peace into your emotions, into your personality, which will also go into your body. So don't have all these stressed out things. Are we in the deep end of the pool? Is this okay? You guys hear me? You're, you're coming with thanksgiving and agreeing with the perfect part that is God's truth. His truth is, trumps your facts. Every day, his word is true. That's the part of praying with thankfulness. How long do you know, or how, how, how do you know you've prayed long enough and agreed with God long enough? It's when you feel peace and that burden is transferred. All right, number three, how do I walk in peace? A God-focused mindset. There are promises. If you keep your mind and your, and your heart on Jesus, there are some really powerful promises. Isaiah 26, 3. This is in the English Standard Version. You keep him at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's a promise. It's, it's, it's for you. You can be in perfect peace. Congratulations. What do you do? Just think about God. Keep your mind on him. That's a promise. It's, you don't overcomplicate it. God, I'm going to think about you. And I'm going to think about the truth. Oh, and that's where perfect peace happens. Awesome. That's what I want. I'm going to set my mind. It's my choice where I set my mind. Romans 8, 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Now, if you're in fear and anxiety... You're actually like expecting the devil to move. Or faith is expecting God to move. Might have to really rewire the brain there with that one. Fear is expecting, it's like another kind of faith, but it's an inferior faith because you're actually as, it's waiting for the next thing to happen to you, and then the other shoe to drop. This is real. This is real. I deal with this stuff too. Or faith is expecting God to move. Godward mindset. Awesome. Number four. How do I walk in peace? Daily dependence on the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about this, that, that the way that you get the fruit of the Spirit is abiding in Jesus. It doesn't come from working hard, trying to be peaceful, reaching some kind of state of nirvana. It's abiding in Jesus. He has peace, so I'm just going to walk in step with him. Jesus modeled the perfect relationship with the Holy Spirit walking on the earth. Jesus only did what the Father asked him to do. You guys have the Holy Spirit inside of you, so you can hear what the Father wants. Jesus did not say yes to everything he couldn't. He was in a man's body. 
He had to say yes to things. He had to say no to things. But he always chose the right one, and he was not stressed out. He wasn't overcommitted. He wasn't overburdened. He said yes when Jesus, when, when the Holy Spirit revealed to him what the Father wanted. So he just walked in step, not anxious, not overstressed. We have this opportunity. Don't say yes to everything. Say yes to what he says yes to. Some of you are trying to impress him with all your works. Don't. He's not impressed by that. He's impressed by a yielded heart that's obedient. Am I getting in your business a little bit? A little bit? Getting in business? That's what moms do. We love you, and then we poke you. <laughs> okay. Okay, number five. How do I walk in peace? We praise and worship God. We do this. This, is, this creates an atmosphere of peace. There are actually songs of deliverance. The Bible talks about this many times, um, but specifically when um, David would play his instrument and worship God when uh, King Saul was being tormented. And it would bring relief to his spirit when praise and worship was happening. This says to me, praising God shifts the atmosphere in a room. It shifts the atmosphere inside of someone's heart. There is deliverance from evil because evil can't be where the light's on. Turn the lights on. Worship God. You know what I'm saying? There is a promise here in Isaiah 61. This portion of um, Isaiah is a prophecy about what Jesus would bring, what his mission would be in the earth. He was the Messiah. So this is prophesying about what he would do for you. Um, we're going to start in verse 3. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. We don't always wake up with our garment of praise on. Sometimes you have to pick it up and put it on. Jesus wants you to have it. He doesn't want you to wear despair. He wants you to wear your garment of praise. You have to pick it up and put it on. There is such a grace on your life when you, in humility, praise God with your garment of praise and a spirit of heaviness will leave. What's heaviness? What is the spirit of despair. It's heaviness, darkness, depression, anxiety. Anything that's troubling in your soul, a garment of praise will drive that out. Now listen. If you can't praise with your feelings, you can praise by your faith. You can choose it. You can choose to praise God. You guys know in the word that, that when the people of God would come together and praise, things happened in the spirit realm. Um, Psalm 149.6 says this, May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands. This is this picture of spiritual warfare. The praise of God in their mouths sends ambushes on the enemy. This happened with Jehoshaphat. They, all they did was praise and worship, and God fought the battles right in front of them. This happened with Paul and Silas in prison. They were in prison, guys. This is not a good day. <laughs> this is a bad day. 
This is a heavy and sad and depressing day and scary. And they put on their garment of praise and they begin to worship. And the Bible says there was an earthquake. All the prisoners were set free and people got saved. Whole household saved, baptized, confessing Jesus from what? People putting on their garment of praise in the middle of heaviness. It's real. I was just going to, I'm going to close with this. Um, this works, and you can do this every day. Um, a lot of you guys know our oldest daughter, Trinity, has autism. And autism is very difficult to navigate because, especially, specifically Trinity, because she's 14, but she cannot express what's going on inside of her heart necessarily. She can't really talk to you. So we're not sure ever what's happening, but sometimes she'll use her body to communicate with you when she's mad, which looks like lots of things, screaming or hurting and, you know, doing things because it's like, I can't get this message out. So uh, this just happened last week. We were headed somewhere to be with people, and she just started getting really amped up in the car, and I can't take her out of the car to go be with people because she might hurt people or disrupt or something like that. It's just part of our life. So this is heavy as a mom. You guys have your own thing. I'm not, I don't need sympathy, but listen, this is heavy. This is stressful. This is like, I don't know how to do this with like a teenager who's very strong and upset right now. This is hard. <laughs> and I don't want her to hurt people and we have to figure out how to live our lives. So this is what we did. She's amped up. Mom's amped up. We get in the car, just me and her. And I'm like, Trinity, we're going to worship till this shifts. Because <laughs> this is a lot. This is a lot. We're revved up to 99.9. And it's like we got to come down here where it's peaceful. Jesus, peace. So we put some music on. Some of her favorite songs. Just start worshiping Jesus. I said, I'm going to drive around till the shifts. I'm just driving around Greeley, singing with her. And it shifted. There was peace that came into that car, and there was calm, and there was a connection with us that returned in the presence of God. That's what his peace does. It reconnects you. It reconnects you in peace. Amen? Amen. And as I close, I just want to tell you the biggest act of peace that's ever happened in history is what Jesus did to bring peace between us and God. There was enmity, there was separation, there was problems. But Jesus Christ, our peace, put his life on the line on the cross. And what he did is he reached up to Father God in heaven, pulled his hand here, reached down to humanity's hand, and put these hands together and said, there's peace now between man and God through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. That is the peace of Jesus. And we all have it. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Is that a good word? You guys okay? Awesome. Nice.